Medical information obtained from our website or the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If your pet has or you suspect they might have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of All Paws Pet Talk, this radio show, or their sponsors. Talk All Paws Pet Talk Radio. And that means it's me, Deb Wolf. It's always me, Deborah Wolf, hosting on this show. And I'm coming in from Camp Good Dog, as you probably know, where we have two standard poodle puppies left. Now, that's not because they didn't sell, it's because I'm uh, adopting them out with breeding rights. So careful arrangements, because they're just so darn gorgeous, I can't let them go. Not fully, not fully, not fully. And I'll be, I thought it was going to be my last litter ever, but I just couldn't bear to do it. So I'll be starting over. So don't worry. If you're into the puppy pictures and you love checking out Facebook Camp Good Dog and you were thinking this was the last time you'd get to see a litter, no, no, you will not. Noodle will have a wife. I will find him a wife, (laughs) a standard poodle wife, a suitable wife, and uh, maybe even a golden retriever wife too, like it used to be for his dad years ago. So we'll we'll get that all going. But uh, in the meantime, if you want to check out more of me, you can find me on DebraWolfOnline.com. I'm making my website more exciting, and it'll be relaunched in a little while, and I'll tell you all about that because I'm going to have a teaser where you have to log on to find out the things you think you know about animals, but you probably don't. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And then you'll feel so much smarter than everybody else after you've read them. So, okay. So today we have a special guest. I um, had a dog at my kennel just the other day that's a Basset, which is a really long-bodied dog. And it was wearing a big harness, which is great because you don't want to pull on the neck of a long-bodied dog. Too much weight in the back. It can break their trachea or hurt them. Um, but it was getting hot spots where the harness was too loose. So sometimes when you have an idea like, let's be kind to the animal, let's make the collar extra loose, it's actually not so good. Stuff's supposed to fit. So even though in a human you think, oh, I hate itchy turtlenecks, I, I like my clothes loose. Well, collars and harnesses are supposed to fit. So make sure you add the extra hole if you need to or buy a size down or up if you need to. Make sure stuff fits. You know, the collar that fit your dog two years ago may not fit him anymore. So just double check. So talking about the long-backed, long, long dogs, we have a guest tonight who just loves them. So welcome to the show, Kinsey. Oh, I'm so pleased to be here. Thank you, Deb. It's great to have you. I understand it's not all long backs you're in love with. It's uh, Dachshunds, is that right? Yes, the Dachshunds, as they say in Germany, a Dachshund, and in and, Anglicized, okay. Dachshund. Uh-huh. And what is it about these dogs that, you know, most people think of as wiener dogs? Let's be fair. That's what they look like. And sometimes they wear buns at Halloween parties. What, what is it about these guys besides the, the fun well, of dressing know, them I up? I was very, very, very lucky when I was a real young child, about 18 months, my parents were uh, in Munich, Germany. My dad was stationed there. And they brought home a standard red long-haired dachshund named Dagwood. And Dagwood was my ultimate every-minute companion. And uh, once you've had a dachshund, especially at a young age like that, I think they just get under your skin and they're just with you forever. Do you still have one today? 
I absolutely do. Since about 1981, I think I've had one to four dachshunds. Uh, um, right now I have a little mini long-haired brindle cream named Josie, and we just uh, adopted from the Northwest Dachshund Rescue in Spokane a little mini wire hair dachshund. I've always wanted a wire hair and never had one, so now I have her. Her name is Lacey. And then we rescued Buster, a tweener red short hair. Uh, rescued him a couple years ago. So they, what was the first word? A tweener? What does tweener a mean? Tweener. Between sizes? So you've got your mini and then you've uh, got your standard. Sizes. And I think that's just a word that we dachshund lovers have made up, is a, a tweener. <laughs> a tweener. Okay. It sounds like a word, you know, a, a dating word, sort of, for men you're not interested. <laughs> well, that guy, he's a tweener, you know. He's, uh, yeah, between loser and super loser, he's a tweener. No, but, okay, I get it with the size. You know, it's funny because some people try different breeds throughout their life. Dog lifespan is 10 or 15 years, and people can have, most people can have one or two at a time, and then... There are times in your life you don't get to have dogs, so usually you try a few little things. You're just changing color scheme. You're <laughs> That's right, just uh, hair length and uh, weight, yeah. Do you, do you find the minis uh, different from the... You must. They must be a little more fragile. Well, you know what's nice about the minis is that uh, they're so easy to put in your lap, to pick up and put in your lap and to cuddle with. Even though right. I think that uh, dachshund lovers would claim that all dachshunds love to to cuddle and to love. Each you know, I'm not so sure. Like when you describe your little girl adventures, I'm not so sure a mini would be as suited to a little girl and the kind of pounding that that could involve. An adventurous, outdoorsy girl taking her dog everywhere. You would need you would need the larger size, I believe. You know, this is a dog that's maybe suited toward older people, calmer homes. Wouldn't you say the little minis? Um, you know, I think that um, people just mainly get used to a certain uh, size or style and that they favor those, and I think they just fit into whatever lifestyle that there is. I know some people who hike with maybe not the tiny, tiny uh, minis, but uh, maybe a smaller tweener and uh, do really well. This tweener thing is killing me. I'm finding all kinds of applications <laughs> for it, you know, because there's all these like names in, in dating now for men over a certain age and, you know, the sugar daddy and the women over a certain age, the cougars and uh, the tweener. It's just great. Anyway, okay, so I'll try and get off that topic and think more of the dogs. Little dogs with long backs and an adventure with a girl, a girl with no name. How come? Well, you know, I was very intentional about not giving a name to the little girl, you know, because once she's assigned a name, it takes away the universality of the, the character. It kind of confines her to a little niche. And I want this story to be every little girl and every dog that makes a child happy. Oh, so that's, that's why I was really careful to keep that open. Well, we have to go to a break coming up, but when we come back, I'm going to ask you about um, how you found your illustrator, because that can be tricky. I've, yeah. I've had some problems with that before, and then you think you have your person, and then there could be lots of delays, and then renegotiations, and then that doesn't work, and you have to start over. And So it, it's not always so simple to get someone who uh, portrays what you want and has the same vision, but also can... Uh, 
can follow through on time. So I know what that's like. Uh, we'll be back on Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio in a minute. Before we go, I wanted to tell you all that there's a new thing trending. It's called Explore Bears, and it's on YouTube. And they just basically have some cameras out in the woods somewhere in Alaska where the salmon run has already started. And you just watch. There's no staging. They're just hanging out there. Every once in a while, they make a swipe and they catch a fish or they don't catch a fish. But it's mesmerizing. I I totally, (laughs) I have to stop watching this. Okay, everybody, stay tuned. Come back to Smart Animal Talk, All Buzz Pet Talk Radio. We'll be back. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. No more fleas and no more ticks with the No More Tick Spray. All natural, non-toxic, and even safe enough for you to use on yourself. It smells great. You have to try it. It really works. This is what I want you to do. Go to www.nomoreticks.com. Once again, nomoreticks.com. Your pet will love you for it. Go to nomoreticks.com. For your dogs, running beside your bike is more rewarding canine exercise than any walk. It's also more dangerous. Until now, introducing the amazingly stable Bike Toe Leash, the only safe dog biking attachment approved by the American Pet Association. The Bike Toe Leash installs in seconds on bikes, trikes, power chairs, and mobility scooters. No tools needed, and dogs learn it immediately. With a Bike Toe Leash, both dogs and rider can enjoy fun recreation anywhere, no matter what your ability level. To learn more and order your Bike Toe Leash, visit BikeToeLeash.com. That's BikeToeLeash.com. Bike Toe Leashes are made in the USA and ship worldwide. That website again is B-I-K-E-T-O-W-L-E-A-S-H dot com. Hello, you're listening to Smart Animal Talk, All Paws Pet Talk Radio, and there's a campaign going. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it before we talk more about Dashens, and I'm going to ask our guest, Kinsey, on what side of this fence she sits on, or stands on, or barks on, depending on the size of the Dachshund, I imagine. Uh, <laughs> there's a lobby going on in Vancouver, very trendy, swanky part of Vancouver, Yale Town, where there's lots of apartments and restaurants and cafes and bars and parks, and it's just lovely. People are out all the time. It costs a lot, a lot of money to own a postage-sized little apartment there. And most of the apartments, many, 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 are dog-friendly, dog parks and stuff like that, dog services. So this woman is complaining and set up a Facebook page to fight the fact that for years she could take her little chihuahua to all the patios and eat outside. And now she has nearly 200 signatures on her campaign on Facebook because, um, because in the last month only, she's been told she can't. The restaurant owners, even if they want to allow dogs, can't. And uh, the health authorities are cracking down. And so now there's no dogs allowed on any patios and nobody can bring their dog in. There's no such thing as a dog-friendly cafe anymore. Now, I was in Florida recently and there were dogs at the tables, which I didn't really like on the chairs up near the food. That kind of disturbed me a little because I thought that's going to drive people crazy and there's going to be complaints. I wish they'd keep them on the ground. 
but um, but that's just because I'm worried about the backlash. I love seeing dogs everywhere. I love it in France. I love it in countries where they let them in. So, Kinsey, where do you log in on this? Do you want dogs on the patios? You know, I lived in Germany for nine years, so that became a norm for me. I saw people taking their animals everywhere, and they're very, very conscious of health and respect for other people, and the dogs would usually sit quietly under the chair or under the table. So that's the norm for me. I kept hoping that the U.S. would slowly see that that's a a viable option. I'm sorry to hear our neighbors up north are are shifting their uh, philosophy. Well, I don't think it's everybody. I don't think it's everybody. This is a particularly swanky, high-income, high... yeah, it's just it's like you can't even get a parking spot down there. I mean, it's really, yeah. <laughs> I get right. why this is happening, you know. But um, at the same time, a, a petition like hers, if it gets enough signatures, uh, you know, everybody wants to be popular. The the local authorities will relax the rules if it gets enough. I think uh, we had an incident last week where a conservation officer was ordered to kill a nuisance bear, Mama, and her two cubs. And he killed the nuisance mama because she'd been raiding a kitchen and a home and, you know, doing damage to a trailer and uh, was a habituated to human food bear. But he refused to kill the cubs because, and uh, it's later been found, he's had a chance to defend himself and there were leaks of all the emails. The cubs were still nursing. They'd never had human food. They'd never been taught to take human food and there was no reason to kill them. There was a relocation uh, rescue place willing to take them and he placed them there. So at first... They can this guy without pay. And then the Facebook, uh, it just it, incredible protest, and he got reinstated with pay, this conservation officer. So I think sometimes social media can do a lot. And this woman is very, very smart to organize her Yale Town uh, website to try and fight this all of a sudden attention to a bylaw that was there all along but was never enforced. Uh, okay, so having a dash and I bet you get in places that someone with a big old shepherd wouldn't get in, huh? Well, a lot of people, <laughs> it's another reason for having minis. They can put them in a, uh, a little carry bag um, right. with the mesh, uh, mesh front or their little faces peeking out. Yeah, right. So how did you find your illustrator? So let me tell you about Scott Ward. Um, when I told Scott about my idea for the book, uh, How Dachshunds Came to Be, a tall tale about a short, long dog. He really was delighted. And I had met Scott many years ago, maybe 15, 17 years ago. He was my teacher uh, in an Artist Way class. That was the classes that were so popular based on the book by Julia Cameron. And he has a special talent of not only drawing and painting well, but he also uses clever whimsy. And I knew that would be something really important to the success of this little book. Um, And also, Scott, he's not only creative, but he has a really warm, caring nature. And I knew that would come out in his illustrations, and they have. And it's been a delight for him to be a a friend and a collaborator on our book together. And I believe it's been a, a significant, it's played a significant role in the success of this little book. Why did you become an author, Kinsey? Well, I want to leave behind stories that meld creativity and the values of kindness together. 
and a book makes it possible for the story to be passed from generation to generation. And, you know, ever since the oral tradition has moved on to the written word, there's a new old saying, uh, if it's not written down, it didn't happen, and or it'll soon be forgotten. So over the years, you know, as we live our lives, there are events that are significant to us that we want to pass along, and I just felt like these little tall tales would be a great way to be able to share um, values and delight with other people. And I found that it is very satisfying. I've been able to share these, this little story with, um, whether it's the Dr. Seuss read across America at maybe the local yogurt shop here in Edmonds, or perhaps at a school, um, or even internationally when we took our vacation down in uh, Cabo this last uh, winter. I was part of a, uh, I was a volunteer with the Sala de Lectura, a special um, organization for getting reading and books out to children. And I oh, read nice. my book in five different venues. And that was uh, very exciting for me and hopefully for the children. So it's, it's been a, a very worthwhile event. It's, it's added some balance and some joy in my life. And I'm just so delighted for this opportunity for uh, something new, something new to come into my life. When you talk about messages, your book giving messages, what, what's the kind of message you're hoping? Well, the really important things that I hope come through the book are like to nurture a love and a respect for nature. Um, you know, the idea of leaving the living creatures in their natural habitat. The little girl is lonely when she goes home because her best friends are those little sea creatures, but they can't go home with her. So it's introducing to the child or the reader, you know, uh, the little sea creatures need to stay in their homes. And um, also giving voice to creatures that uh, rarely get a voice, like the barnacles and, you know, the gooseneck barnacles and mussels and seagrass. So opening up uh, worlds. And then loneliness can be helped by the kindness of friends. The whole issue of compassion, I think, is so important. And in this whimsical, tall tale, um, you've got a little lonely girl and you've got her sea creature friends coming together to try to um, ease her loneliness. And so that shows compassion and kindness and eventually even collaboration as they start working together to uh, create those the little creatures, the, the uh, dachshunds. And then, have you got a website where people can find your books? Because we are quickly running out of time. We only have a minute left. Okay, and um, yes. already I know that there are parents out there saying, well, where can we get the book? So. Oh, thank you, Deb. Yes, uh, Jones. That's K-I-Z-Z-I-E. J-O-N-E-S dot com. That's my website. And you can hear, see a little bit more about me, and you can click a link to order a book. Oh, great, Kinsey. Well, I know you've won literary awards for this, and it sounds like it'll help people teach their kids how to behave with animals and respect the environment and some other nice, nice, fuzzy, warm, happy feelings, too, for the kids, boosting feelings. So thank you so much for joining us today. Everybody, we're still continuing. We've got another guest coming up in a minute, and we'll get some more pet news in there. If you want to ever hear this show streaming, 
live 24-7. You can call using your cell phone, 712-832-2636. And if you want to catch it, uh, there's a TuneIn radio app. All you got to do with your smartphone or your computer is go to WPET Talk Radio. That's how you find us. Smart Animal Talk, All Plus Pet Talk Radio. We'll be back in a minute. I'm your doggy, and I love you, and you know that I need you too. Hey, pet lovers, listen up. Per Spray Pet, all-natural, non-toxic spray for all of your pet problems. Proven safe to use for their skin, eyes, and ears. Helps calm and heal wounds, hot spots, insect bites, and lots more. Will not sting. And very safe to use, even for your feathered friends. To find out how you can keep your pets happy and healthy, go to PurSprayPet.com. That's P-U-R SprayPet.com. PurSprayPet.com. Or call us now at 386-310-3924. Hello, you're listening to Smart Animal Talk on All Plus Pet Talk Radio. And we have what is a surprise for me and a surprise for you. Karen Schoen is coming on the, on the show. And the only thing I know, it is has something to do with animals and people and comparing them. So you got my attention, Karen. Welcome to the show on Smart Animal Talk, All Plus Pet Talk Radio. Well, thank you, Deb, so much for having me on. And I really appreciate it. And uh, I wanted to tell you that we have three pets, a dog okay. and two cats, and they are absolutely wonderful. Nice. Um, I, and my um, it, my take of, of everything that has been going on, I was a teacher. Okay. And I began to investigate recently education in our schools. And I began to realize that our children were being taught that pets and humans are equal. Now, although we may want to think that pets and humans are equal, in reality, uh, humans have the capacity to think and reason, and pets do not. So there was a significant inequality that was being misrepresented. And although pets, and I said I love them and I do give us a tremendous amount of enjoyment and create such a wonderful uh, situation for people who are lonely or for people who um, just enjoy being around animals, uh, it's, it's wonderful. But when we try to make pets and animals equal, that creates an issue with me. You're a trainer, am I correct? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a trainer, but I'm 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 sort of listening to you, but I'm already thinking. Oh, I've got to bring this up. I've got to bring that up. So I'm trying to be open and listen, but at the same time, I do have an argument for a couple things you've said so far. Like that, I don't think animals and children should be equated as equal, or that pets are furry babies. I really don't. But it's not the difference of reason that makes me say so, because I've seen dogs reason. But, okay, we can keep going. I just had to say that. Oh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm a dog trainer, for sure. But I've yeah. seen dogs reason. 
Yeah, some exceptional dogs can reason. So I don't know about, you know, sometimes I think humans like to pretend a species is stupid and that then entitles us to eat it or treat it as less. And I'm not sure if you had a human who was a little bit off on their reasoning, if you would treat them as less. You know, I don't know if reasoning is sort of the one, the quality and why, why we tend to pick the one thing we can show we do and no one else does and then make that the defining factor for how we treat things. It doesn't really sit well with me. But I still don't think kids and pets are equal. I don't. Okay, but lifespan well, alone, was... if, if children only live 10 years, you know, it might be a little bit different. But lifespan alone makes them unequal and the quality of their lives different. You know, like a moth that lives a day. How can that yes. be equal to a dog that lives 12 or 15, you know? Right. Right. Well, that was the problem when you take, to me, when you take two species, and you compare them that way, you're taking away from both instead of enhancing both. And yes, I, exactly. And yeah. that was the part that I really had the issue with because when that happens, we lose on both ends. And that was, that was my, my biggest issue. So I began to do a lot of research on education, and I began to realize that our educational system today is not teaching our children to think. And what it's doing is it's training our children what to think. So that is where I began to do research, and I realized that what was happening in our educational system is that it has become what they call outcome-based education, so that the child's education is predetermined. The child's destiny then becomes predetermined. You know the behavioral pattern you want the child to achieve, and you're going to do everything in your power to make the child achieve that particular behavior. Well, when we investigate, this is called outcome-based education or mastery learning, and it's based on the Pavlovian system of stimulus response. So what we are doing to our children is training them, and that's not education. And as a result of that, both children and animals lose instead of gain. And that was basically what I uh, started, as I said, started investigating because I couldn't understand why in America we have so much money that we are spending on education, and yet our schools are failing our children. And when we begin to see that we're not educating them, we're actually training them, and then the equation becomes they are exactly like pets. It was, oh, my God, this is absolutely incorrect. And, of course, when I started thinking <laughs> okay, about this is pretty uh, sensational stuff, i got to say, that we're training kids like dogs in schools. We um, are. Yeah, okay. Uh, in, it, you mean like giving the kid a sticker for answering the question right is like giving the dog well, a treat more, for performing the command? Is that sort more, of... This? It's more than that. Okay. Uh, can you break it down okay. for me? Because I, I'm not... I mean, you know, I, I can see how... In, there's certain kinds of training. When I place a dog with corrections and the dog has to actually sniff the people coming in and out of the jail and sniff the prisoners, and uh, if he finds something or smells something in the air 
that he thinks is weapons or drugs, he has to go to it and he has to disobey all normal rules. He has to climb fences, he has to go under stuff, he has to do whatever it takes, right? That, mm -hmm. that kind of learning I don't see in schools. And I think, but I do see it in dog training, you see? Like that adaptive, think on your feet, outsmart the system kind of learning. Elite dog training involves that. I don't know about, maybe it's only elite schooling, maybe it's only yes. graduate work. Is that the yes. problem? Yes, okay. that's the problem. Okay. And you're that's saying that our, our schools are like basic obedience, which is just terrible when, exactly. you, when you put it that way. That's okay. exactly what I'm talking about. It becomes more of obedience based on the behavior that is the desired behavior. So in the, because we are so focused on the test-taking model instead mm -hmm. of the um, innovative, creative model, what happens is the child reads a paragraph, and then they're given a choice of four answers. Well, mm -hmm. if the child reads the paragraph and says, oh, my goodness, if I did it this way, if I did it that way, those answers don't match. What happens to the child is they have to come up with one of the answers that fits the paragraph. So in essence, their behavior then becomes modified because in order to get the correct answer, they have to say the answer that fits the paragraph. And that is the big problem because we are not allowing our children to be innovative and creative, we are training them to be common in a commonality. The lowest common denominator is what always happens when we work that way. So instead of our children excelling and becoming great thinkers, we are now training them to be the same as every other and give the same answer that is the acceptable answer. Oh, this so rings true with me and, and my experience with my 10 and 12-year-old. My 12-year-old's been designated gifted and just receives nothing challenging ever at school. He's just, he was a discipline problem for years because he was just so bored. And uh, right. all, they, all they want is uh, the same as all the others, like you say. But we'll be back in a minute because I want to talk about how this whole thing is affected by new age communication. You know, like it seems to me that this is going to be even more of a problem if we're teaching them to answer correctly according to what was true yesterday. When they graduate, they're so old and outdated, and if they don't know how to learn on their feet, they're going to be in trouble. We'll talk about that when we get back on Smart Animal Talk, All Class Pep Talk Radio. Stay tuned. I'm your doggy, and I love you. NuVet Plus, your pet's best friend. NuVet Plus is an immune system builder that is safe for all stages of your dog's life. Helps eliminate most issues, including allergies, scratching and itching, hot spots, arthritis and joint issues, chronic ear infections, tear staining, lack of energy, digestive issues, and so much more. All natural, manufactured in an FDA-registered human pharmaceutical lab here in the USA, using ingredients sourced in the USA. Nothing artificial, no sugars, wheat, corn, or dyes. Never heat treated to help retain all the natural rich ingredients. Comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and is only pennies a day. Call us Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. 
1-800-474-7044. That's 1-800-474-7044. And tell them you are referred by All Paws Pet Talk Radio. Or go online to www.nuvet.com. That's www.nuvet.com. Use order code 33955. Again, www.nuvet.com. Order code 3395. Put your pet on the path to good health. talk all pause pet talk radio and um i used to have this cat we were just talking off air so i'm gonna just let you know what we were talking about i used to have this cat that used to crawl all over my neck and shoulders and the back of my chair whenever i was on skype whenever i was doing radio and uh, one of my guests once was a cartoonist and she actually had me send a selfie of myself on air to her and then there was a golden retriever at my side (laughs) with its nose on my lap and this cat on my neck and she drew a cartoon. So if you want to see what that looks like, you can go to DebraWolfOnline.com. It'll be posted there soon with a lot of my radio shows, some of these shows. But um, I was just talking to Kinsey about that because she mentioned, you mentioned, Kinsey, that uh, your dog always comes in with squeaky toys when you're on the radio. And that's no accident. There's something about radio that you're delighted with, something that brings the dog in that says, oh, we can play now. Mommy's in play mode. So yeah. I guess you like doing radio. <laughs> yes, and it doesn't matter what I do, I always get the squeaky toys. And then we have a cat who uh-huh. at 10 o'clock at night, no matter what happens, sits in the middle of the hallway and herds my husband and I to go into the bedroom so we could watch TV on the bed and he can <laughs> jump on the bed in between us and get petted. <laughs> oh, well, he's in charge of, yes, he's well, in charge. you set the routine though. Yes. You've obeyed him all these years. Yes. And there so are some people listening. Who? Well, there may be some people listening with a routine like that that's not as um, acceptable. Something like 3 a.m., my cat wakes me up to get fed every night. Or 2 a.m., he just won't. Okay, you've got to just hold out for a week. Get yourself earplugs. Put something <laughs> slippery on the door that they're scratching, the, you know, to getting the stuffing out of the sofa. Move that sofa. Do whatever you need to do so that for a whole week you don't respond, and then start switching it. Pick the time you want for this activity your cat wants at 2 or 3 or 4 in the morning. Pick the time you want and start doing that as your new routine. If your cat stops the bad habit for three weeks, you've done it. Ta-da! Oh, well, hey, I'm have you to can try take the earplugs because... out. You can open the door. Yeah. But, uh, but, <laughs> I but if you cave at all, we have our it other starts cat over. That does that. She is at uh, 4 o'clock in the morning <gasps> sitting by oh. her bowl. She wants oh, her no, food no, no. left. And uh, we're going to try that starting Never now. feed her. You can never plugs. feed her at 4 in the morning for that. You can't. You just can't. I will you just do can't that. do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I will do that. I'm going to tell her Deborah said no. <laughs> because, well, the thing is, animals do what works, everybody listening. There's no reason the cat needs to eat at 4 as opposed to 7 or 10 as opposed to 3 in the morning. I mean, it doesn't matter to them what time you're doing it. They just, they just get used to something, and it works. And they know that you're annoyed at 4 in the morning, and you'll do what they say. You're never otherwise occupied. It's worked before. They get stuck on the routine. 
So you can unstick them by replacing it with a new routine. Just buy some earplugs for the first three weeks. And uh, yeah, blame me. I'm okay with that because you're going to replace <laughs> okay. it. They're still going to get the same attention, maybe even more because it won't be so annoying at four in the morning. Sometimes they get locked in this loop of mixed attention. You know, the dog jumps mm -hmm. up, the person yells and scolds, but touches it anyway, pets it anyway. And this is like the everyday greeting. The dog gets this mixed cursing and, and shouting and some people don't like it. Some people do. It's so much healthier and happier. The dog is so much more balanced if the people just teach it something acceptable, like bring your toy and sit. If the dog brings its toy and sits every time it wants to jump on people, everyone will like it. It will never be scolded. It'll never get the negatives again. It'll all be positive. And the dog will just calm right down. So, I mean, I think you just got to replace your bad habit with the one you want. But it does take three weeks. And that's kind of remarkable. I mean, we're sort of talking on this topic of humans and, and uh, dogs. I know if you quit cigarette smoking or alcohol or any drug addiction, it's going to take more than three weeks for a human. So nail biting, right? right. I, I can't believe how fast it is for a dog mm -hmm. or a cat, but it's pretty fast. It is, it, that is wonderful to know, and I will let you know because we will try that. I'm going to go out after the show and go get some earplugs. <laughs> earplugs, there you go. Yeah, well, he'll pull out some stops. There might be some scratching going on and some caterwauling, some meowing, some barking. Might get the other pets joining in. You're going to have to brave it out. We will do that. <laughs> we will and you might try. Well, yeah, when, the first... when, I just, when I was told that we were equal... I came home and I said, okay, make me dinner. That didn't work. <laughs> I said, how come you didn't vacuum the house? That didn't work either. So. Oh, see, now I always come up with these counterpoints to you. Barbara Woodhouse, famous dog trainer from England, uh, as an elderly lady traveled around the world, but first she waited for her great Danes to die. And she was a farmer. She's seen, pictured, you know, riding cows. She had this amazing way with animals. And she had her Great Danes trained to vacuum the house. No, no oh lie. There's video footage. <laughs> okay. Okay, Becky, did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Becky. Well, how big is Becky? What kind uh, of job is this? Becky is a mix of a lab and a pit or a, a mastiff. And she's a brindle color. She's very pretty. Oh. Yeah, no, she could be up to vacuuming, perhaps, but maybe not. Maybe that's not really her forte. I think, <laughs> I think it takes an odd dog to want to do the vacuuming. Maybe a standard poodle with a little apron, a little French maid. Actually, standard poodles are from Germany. Don't send me your emails. I know that. Okay, everybody. So we're talking dogs and people. What is the difference? What, what do you think is a, is a key difference? And why should we be, how can we fix this for kids? Well, our kids are not to be trained. And education what has happened in education is that one side of an issue is the only side that is being accepted and taught. And when that happens and a kid wants to enlighten, wants to enhance, wants to innovate, wants to create, and they are told they cannot because they all have to be the same and equal, then they act out. And that is exactly what is going on in school. The kids act out. The kids will act out on a continual basis as a teacher. Um, I know that. And what I always did with them was it, when you're finished with that, you have something else. What's happening today because of 
the commonality of common core, where all kids have to be taught and done the same thing and they all have to be on the same page at the same time, there is no innovation, there is no creativity, and the kids get bored. When they get bored, they get in trouble. That's natural. And that's, well, we don't even know. get grades anymore. We don't even get personalized comments anymore. You and only get no, you're only able to tell if your kid is relatively similar to the other kids in right. his level. Or he's a full year ahead. Oh my, isn't he wonderful? Somehow, miraculously, he got there himself. Or he's way behind and he needs some help. That's all you get. You don't get A, B, C, D. You don't get very good, exceptional, needs help with this, uh, untidy or, or very good at research or good, good at words. No, nothing like that. Well, it's very frustrating is, as a parent. You can't even tell yeah. if your kid gets better throughout the year or worse throughout the year. So and that's so frustrating for me. You know, when I train dogs, I give reports. We're going to come back. We only have a minute left in this segment. We're going to come back and talk about that and also what I led into before because we've got a bunch of uh, messages coming through asking me to, to deal with this. How do you feel? Does People seem to think that the school system, even though it's stagnant and maybe not addressing their kids, that online their kids are getting what they need. Online their kids are creating games and doing things like this. So is the online world helping or hurting in all this? We'll come back on Smart Animal Talk, All Pause Pet Talk Radio, talking about your kids right now. Stay tuned. I'm your doggy, I'm your doggy. and I love you. Your itchy dog allergy sad? Did you know that our dogs suffer from the same pollen, dust mite, and mold allergies that we do? Now, veterinarian dermatologist Dr. Christian has formulated Doggy Goo. Doggy Goo is a peanut butter treat for your dog. But Doggy Goo also sublingually builds tolerance to 10 pollens, 2 mites, and 3 molds 100% naturally. Try Doggy Goo. Your dog will Doggy Goo look it up. Call 855-246-2426. The number again is 855-246-2426. Or on the web, www.healthygoo.com. Goo spelled G-O-O. Scratch it. Radio. And we started off this uh, chat with uh, Karen Sean about Karen Joan about um, animals and how kids are being taught in schools the way dogs, simple dog training is being done and how that's really putting our kids at a disadvantage by making them, you know, jump through these little hoops and give them little rewards and not letting them think outside the box. And I'm wondering with, with all the technology advancements, it seems to me that it's like a two thing, a double-edged sword in a way, because on the one hand, you can find anything. I can, I can look up on YouTube, you know, how to rewire an electrical socket and learn how, whereas I never could before the same way. I can, I can do anything, how to, how to deal with uh, 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 some, some kind of injury or a- anything, illness. I mean, there's just so much available, so much I can educate myself uh, to learn. And kids are making their own video games and they are making their own characters and they are online being creative. But at the same time, everything they learn in school now is kind of out of date by the time they graduate. So I wonder how the whole modern age and cyber world fits into what you're talking about today, Karen. Can you help us out? Yes. 
um, my feeling is that technology is wonderful. Technology is a class. It is not a lifestyle. It is not a life experience. And we should be using technology as a tool the same way we use any other tool. But by not being well-rounded, what was one of the best things when I was teaching was being able to have a child read a book, finish the book, and then sit down and talk about the book and feel that they have accomplished something. You lose that when you're on the computer because you never finish. So they never come to the end of a task. It also eliminates the discourse. You don't have a conversation between yourself and someone else because you're busy with your quote, machine. And um, what about a kid like mine who Skypes his good friends from school and together they play these games where there are characters competing together? Is that's that wonderful. Oh, that's, that's a good thing. Wonderful. See, I thought it was a good thing, too. It, it is a wonderful thing, but there are too many kids that that doesn't happen with. Now, you said your child was gifted. There, he's going to be innovative. He's going to be creative. But a child who is on the edge or average, or even below average, all they are locked into is this handheld device, and by the time they finish school, the only thing they're capable of doing is pushing an app because everything is done for them. And we can't be in a world where we don't know how to do anything, or all we do is feel good about it, and anything is acceptable because you feel good about it for that moment, so I asked one of the teachers, would you rather go to a doctor who feels good about medicine or who actually knows about medicine? And they don't understand that. They don't think about that. Because to them, if you feel good about it and it's, it's great, it's done, it's wonderful. That's not life. And to teach children or to train children that everything is common, life is not fair. Life has ups and downs. We know that. You know that. But that's what a book and literature always taught the child. And by eliminating that, we're taking away a whole lifestyle for them, which does not allow them to be able to think critically, to reason, to uh, come to a conclusion, because it's done for them. So I have a real issue when we are only using one source to be able to train the child. Uh, Are kids reading less now than they were? Because it yes. seems to me when I was a kid, they were com people were complaining about this. I mean, I was a kid who couldn't get my nose out of a book, but That's there were right. lots of kids around me that were, you know, just not interested in reading. And, and even I remember reading to people as a kid, other kids. Mm -hmm. So I, I remember that. But uh, is it when worse 50, now? 50%, by the time the child is in high school, 50% of the reading is training manuals. How exciting is it to sit down and read an IBM manual? That's really thrilling because they're being trained to work. And that's what training means. You're being trained to do something. You don't have the uh, choice of doing what you want. You're being trained to do something for someone. That's what the focus of education is. That's what school to work means. So by the time the child is in kindergarten, by the use of algorithms that are built into what they are learning, they're slanted and guided into a particular direction. Well, that may not be the direction that they want when they grow up, but they won't have that choice. And that's the real problem. So they get bored, and they get in trouble because they get bored. 
and it's shame on us. And for parents who have children in school, if your child is working on the computer um, and that's what their source of knowledge is in school, I would demand to see every single thing that my child reads in school because we are missing that when we no longer have books to sit down and read with our kids. That was a wonderful Okay, you know time. what? We're quickly running out of time. So before we run out of time, I want to ask you to please let people know your website. Oh, it's very simple. It's Karen, K-A-R-E-N, Schoen, S-C-H-O-E-N.com. And I do send out a weekly newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter, and you'll find lots of information. There is lots of documentation about education because that is my passion. Um, and that is uh, what I, where I feel the lack of knowledge that our children have are detrimental to us and our future and their future. Oh, I am totally in agreement with you. There are a few times, there were a few times in my kids' education where I was really furious. And, and you know, I've had to just supplement. That's what I've ended up doing. I basically gave up on them getting properly educated at the school. But there was one instance where my kid was reading Lord of the Rings at school, or The Hobbit. I think it was The Hobbit. It was The Hobbit. And he got in trouble because he read the whole book. And he was supposed to keep up with the class right. and not read ahead. That's and I right. just thought... That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yes, it is ridiculous. Go give him some project to do. Get him to write an essay on it. Get him to do, I don't care what. Sure. But don't, but don't get him in trouble. You, mm -hmm. you know, pair him off with the weakest reader and have him reread it again in a quiet room. Like, whatever. Find well, we, something. We're this teaching is terrible. To the, we're teaching to the lowest <laughs> common denominator when we are trying to create our kids as being common. And the word common core really denotes the fact that they want all of our kids to be common, to be exactly the same. People are not exactly the same. And you have to be able to enhance their knowledge to be able to give them the life experience that will enable them to, to go forward. And is, is there Sonoma, a country where they're getting this right, Karen? Is there some place on earth? Like, it seems like Israel has a lot of great inventions, you know, um, high-tech medical inventions. Is it, are they doing something different? Or is it China with their incredible boom, industrial boom? Like, who's, who's doing it right? Who is doing it right are the people who are homeschooling their kids. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's the interesting third, you say that. The kids that are homeschooled are 30% ahead of the kids who go to a government school. Wow, that's startling. Cause you, but they do have networks, and they help each other out. So if you're weak in one area, you can yes. still do it. And That's the kids right. have field trips and they have social events. It's not, it's not like you're just isolated no, your no, family. Right, right. But you know what? We've run out of time so fast. Karen Schoen, thank you so much for joining us today, talking about kids and thank dogs you. and how our kids deserve more from us than basic obedience. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Take oh, care. it's been great. Thank you. Okay, everyone. Now I'm all angry for my kids and it's in the middle of summer vacation and there's nobody to pick a fight with. So I'm going to have to go and hug a puppy. Check me out on Facebook. You can find Camp Good Dog there and see the puppies, the last boy and the last girl. The girl got named Honey Bear by her adoptive family. The boy still has no name, but I think he's probably going to be Teddy Bear. Probably. He's pretty cute. And um, well, you'll hear me next week, of course. If you want to hear more of me, see more of me, go to DeborahWolfOnline.com. And uh, until next week, from Smart Animal Talk, All Pies Pet Talk Radio, be good, dear animals. And anytime you